Welcome to the Jacksonville First Seventh-day Adventist Church Podcast, where we listen, learn, and love together. Our speaker today is Pastor Jonathan Pinato. I once heard a pastor say that Sabbath becomes a time where we can do those things that connect us to the heart of God and to one another. What do you think about that? I just love that phrase. Sabbath becomes a time where we can do those things that connect us to the heart of God and to one another. The Sabbath is a time uniquely poised for God's presence. In Jewish thought, there is this connection between the presence of God and the ability to hear His voice. And if ever we might expect to hear God's voice, to feel His presence, to experience His shalom, it is and it will be on the Sabbath day. There's a predominant Jewish tradition that says that God imparted the Ten Commandments on Mount Sinai on the Sabbath day. And it's fascinating because when you read Exodus 19, though the Bible doesn't necessarily say that, but when you read Exodus 19, there's this preparation that is taking place for the experience at Mount Sinai. Once that day comes, then the mountain began to shake, and there was thunder, and there was lightning, and there was an earthquake, and the voice of God, like a trumpet, spoke the Ten Commandments in the hearing of all. Again, God spoke the Ten Commandments in the hearing of all. And the reason for choosing the Sabbath to do so was because that on that day, the conviction went, Israel listened best. Israel was most attentive to the voice of God on the Sabbath day and so was least likely to miss the day of God's visitation. In the scriptures, there is a consistent call to be attentive to hear the voice of God speaking. The little boy Samuel heard the voice of God speaking to him, and his response was, Speak, Lord, for your servant is listening. When Elijah is confronted by God in the wilderness, the Bible describes that there was a strong wind that came by, but the Bible says, but God was not in the wind. And then there was a strong earthquake, but then the Bible says God was not in the earthquake. And then there was a fire, but God was not in the fire. And then there was a still, small voice. And so with all the noise around him, Elijah was still attentive to the voice of God. Psalm 95, a psalm that is associated with the Sabbath, says, Today, when? Today, if you hear his voice. When? Today, if you hear his voice, do not harden your heart. What day is today? The Sabbath day is today. In fact, the Apostle Paul will cite this very psalm, Psalm 95, and the Apostle Paul will cite it in Hebrews chapter 3 and 4, where the Apostle Paul speaks of a Sabbath rest of God, that there is still a Sabbath rest of God. And the words that he uses there for Sabbath is sabbaton, the the Greek word that is used for the Sabbath. And then for the word rest, he uses that word that is associated with the Sabbath as well, katapao. He says there is still a Sabbath rest for the people of God today, and then he quotes Psalm 95, today, if you will hear his voice, do not harden your heart. There's this emphasis in the Bible on hearing the voice of God and being attentive to his voice. 
the Apostle John when he was on the island of Patmos. And the Bible says he was on the island of Patmos on the Lord's Day. When is the Lord's Day? Unfortunately, many people believe that the Lord's Day is Sunday. But when you do a biblical study, you realize that the Lord's Day is the Sabbath day. Jesus said, for the Sabbath is the Lord's Day, is what what Jesus says in Matthew chapter 12 and in Mark chapter 2. And so here on the Lord's Day, on the Sabbath day, the Apostle John on the island of Patmos here, a voice behind him. And then he writes the book of Revelation. The book of Revelation is revealed to him. It is Jesus who is speaking to him, who is giving him this revelation on the Sabbath day. And then throughout the book of Revelation, he will write, he who has an ear to hear, let him hear what the Spirit says to the churches. We are to treat Sabbath with an extra measure of of reverence. We are to live in it with a higher degree of attentiveness to God's voice. You see, because Sabbath is a day for listening. How do we listen? Well, let me tell you how not to listen. Um, I think it's difficult to listen when we're not quiet. It's difficult to listen when we are talking. We need to be in silence in order to be able to listen what the other person is saying. Now, I don't know about you, but uh, I have, uh, on my mother's side, I have four, four aunts. That's four aunts. That's four sisters. And when those four sisters get into the same room, do you, do you know, already know where I'm going with this? I think, some of you know, I think some of you know where I'm going with this. I think some of you even know exactly what I'm going to say. When the four sisters get into the room together, all four of them will be speaking at the same time. And I don't know how any of them hears what the other one is saying, but that's how they talk, all of them talking at the same time. No, you see, in order to listen well, we have to stop talking. We have to be in silence. How do we listen? We listen by, first of all, sitting in silence, by walking in silence. How about taking a nature walk on the Sabbath day in silence? In fact, the presentation for today is entitled Ellen White and the Sabbath, and we're going to get to some of the things that she says about making the Sabbath special. But one of those things is she says, go out into nature and take a walk. And not only that, but take your children out for that walk as well. And the idea is that you're not supposed to be so tired, so exhausted. You're not supposed to work yourself so hard during the week that when Sabbath comes, you have nothing left to give. But rather, you save yourself for the Sabbath. And so on Sabbath, you can go out on a nature walk. You can immerse immerse yourself in the creation. And then she says, as you're immersed in creation, you, you can tell your, the, the children to speak of God as the creator and to point to the trees, to point to the leaves, to point to the grass, to point to the birds, to point to everything that is out there in nature and to speak of God to your children as the creator, as, as a person who is an incredible engineer, an incredible scientist, incredibly knowledgeable, all-knowing actually, all-knowing and all-powerful, who created all the these things because he is love and all the things that he created for us are because he wants nothing but good for us. And she says to instill in your children by these object lessons a love and a devotion and a dedication to God. Sabbath is for listening. We listen by sitting in silence. We, we can listen by taking walks in silence. Uh, we can listen by by creating a space 
for silence. We can listen by reading. We can listen by doing Bible study. We can listen by praying. And and what I mean by praying is not those prayers where we're constantly speaking in our prayers, but those prayers where we actually remain in silence and we allow, we quiet our minds and we allow God to speak to us. This is important, creating a space, being intentional about creating a space for silence because Sabbath is for listening. Not only Bible study, reading, praying, but also spending time in meditation and in reflection. And as you spend time in meditation and reflection, how about you journal your thoughts? Journal what what comes to your mind, what comes to your heart, how God, the impressions of his Holy Spirit upon you. And, And as you're there in reflection and in silent meditation, how about you ask yourselves these following questions? Where did I feel most alive, most hopeful, most in the presence of God? And where did I feel most dead, most despairing, farthest from God? What fulfilled me and what left me forsaken? Where did I taste consolation and where did I taste bitter desolation? You know, what we're talking about here are ancient practices that help connect us to the... What we're talking about here are ancient practices, praying, reading, Bible study, meditation, reflection, all these kinds of things, nature walks and silence. These are all ancient practices that what they do, they are tools to help connect us with the heart of God and to one another. So let's be intentional about making Sabbath a special day. Now, what does Ellen White have to say about making the Sabbath a special day? And I'm going to have a slide coming up here that, that, that's entitled, Ellen White Says. And that's just a quirky aspect of being a Seventh-day Adventist. And when you're a Seventh-day Adventist, you hear Ellen White says, Ellen White says, Ellen White says. And I think, you know, we, we need to be careful with that, but at the same time, we need to embrace it, you know, and, and, and it's, it's who we are. I was speaking with a pastor who's pastoring out in Germany, and he was sharing his experience about how over there in Germany, church members during the Sabbath service will not quote Ellen White, but they will quote Martin Luther. That's right, Martin Luther, the Protestant reformer, Uh, because Martin Luther in Germany stands as such a tall, uh, important, prominent historical figure, not just in the country, but also in the Protestant faith, in the Christian world, that who they quote is Martin Luther. Isn't that interesting? You know, and I think someone else was saying that, um, that, that in other places they will quote, not necessarily Adventist, but, but uh, for example, Calvinist or Reformed, they will quote John Calvin, that's who they quote. And, and the Methodists will quote John Wesley because that's who they quote, right? And so as Adventists, I think, I think it's all right to quote Ellen White. You know, she was such a prominent figure in our history. We probably need to be balanced with that, but at the same time, just embrace it. You know, it is what it is. And so there are certain things that Ellen White says about how we can make Sabbath special, and we want to look at those right now. One of the ways that Ellen White says that we can make Sabbath special is that she encourages us to have certain routines, certain rituals, or traditions as a tool to help us make Sabbath special. Now, a lot of her counsel about making Sabbath special has to do, is in reference to families with children. But I think that even if you don't have 
uh, you don't have children or small children, your children are grown, or it's just you and your spouse, or even if it's just you by yourself, I still think that some of these principles are still applicable for you. So here it goes. These are some of the rituals or some of the routines that Ellen White says help to make Sabbath special. First of all, she speaks about preparation for Sabbath. Now, when she speaks about preparation for Sabbath, she's speaking about more than just Friday preparation, getting the meal ready and the clothes and those kinds of things. And that's, and I think there's a biblical basis for that, Exodus chapter 16, where God gives the manna and God tells them to prepare extra on, on Friday on the sixth day to take a, a double portion of the manna so that they don't have to do that on Sabbath. In fact, it tells them there's not going to be any manna on Sabbath, so uh, got to prepare for it. But when Ellen White speaks about preparation for the Sabbath, she's not just speaking about preparation the day before and Friday. She's actually speaking about preparation the entire week for the Sabbath. In other words, she says that our weekly lives, or our entire life really, should revolve around the Sabbath. Here it is. She says, all through the week, we are to have the Sabbath in mind and be making preparation to keep it according to the commandment. Success in life depends largely on the education received in the home. Here is where preparation for the Sabbath must begin. Throughout the week, train the little church in your home that on the Sabbath, all may be prepared to worship in the Lord's sanctuary. So again, she's referring to families with children. Train that little church in your home. Train your little children. Teach them to worship in the home so that when they come to church, they know how to worship God in the, in the sanctuary. Each morning and evening, present your children to God. She's speaking about family worship here. Teach them that it is their highest duty and privilege to love and serve God. And I think this is just a, a beautiful idea here about instilling in children, again, a love for God, a willingness, a desire to serve Him. And as new parents that we are, you know, we're trying to figure this out. How do we pass on our faith and our love and our commitment to God and to His church? How do we pass that on to our children and to the next generation? So Ellen White here encourages preparation for the Sabbath all week long, that your entire week, that your entire life should revolve around the Sabbath. But then she also encourages, when you do get to Friday, she encourages a Friday, Vespers, a sunset, a family worship to welcome the Sabbath. Notice what she says here. Before the setting of the sun, let the members of the family assemble to read God's word, to sing, and to pray. There is need of reform here, for many have been remiss. We need to confess to God and to one another. At family worship, let the children take a part. Let all bring their Bibles and each read a verse or two. Then let some familiar hymn be sung, followed by a simple, earnest, and comprehensive prayer. And so I remember in my family that growing up, uh, we didn't have family worship every day. But what we did do was have this Friday night Vespers welcoming of the Sabbath. And uh, the way we would do it is I would sit at the piano. I would play the piano. My dad would be the song leader, and he would lead the family in singing. Then after we, everyone had uh, a choice of what their favorite hymn was, and, and so we, there was four of us, so we'd sing four hymns, and then we would sing a hymn to welcome the Sabbath, and then we would pray, and then my mother would be the one who would read the uh, the Sabbath school lesson. I think she would read Friday's Sabbath school lesson. At the time, she would also read the, the morning watch or the devotional uh, the for that day. 
and and then we would pray. And so I think this is a great opportunity because we're learning. This is a great training experience, I think, for the families because you're training the children what it means to worship, to sit still and worship. Uh, you're learning songs because you're singing, so you're learning how to sing. You're developing your ear. I was practice, getting practice on the piano, playing hymns. And, um, and then not only that, but as my mom was reading, she was teaching us and training us how to listen, how to listen when someone reads. That's kind of a lost art, that listening when someone else is reading out loud. Kind of a lost art, but it's a good skill to have, especially if you're in your school, because uh, you have to listen to the teacher explaining things. Listening is such a great skill to have. So it's a great opportunity to come together and, and to learn these things and to train ourselves in a certain way of speaking within these uh, Christian disciplines and practices. Now, what's fascinating here also is that when she speaks about prayer and doing family worship, Ellen White is against long prayers and long, long worship. Uh, In fact, she says, you know, if you're by yourself, pray as long as you want, worship as long as you want. But when you're in a public setting, when there's more than than you around, um, make the prayer short, make the worship short, make, make everything short and to the point. Notice what she says here. In the family, long prayers are out of place. They make the hour of prayer a weariness when it should be regarded as a privilege and blessing. Make the season one of interest and of joy. And it's interesting because she refers to it as the hour of prayer. Not that you need to be praying for the entire hour because she says, don't make it. Don't make it an hour of weariness. In fact, she says that long prayers, it wearies the angels. So imagine that. Not only do we get wearied as humans and our children get wearied as as little children and little humans, but even the angels get wearied when we do long prayers. She said, no, it's an hour of privilege and blessing. Make it a season of interest and of joy. In simple petition, tell the Lord your needs and express gratitude for his mercies. Thus, you invite Jesus as a welcome guest into your home and into your heart. And so we're going to speak a little bit more here about other things that Ellen White says about how we can make Sabbath special. But from all the things that we're going to talk about today, if you can just take one thing away from this presentation. It's a desire and a commitment to be intentional about welcoming the Sabbath as a family. Friday evenings, get the family together, whether it's just you or your spouse or with your children. Be intentional about taking that time Friday evening as the sun, as the sun sets. And that's why we give you these sunset calendars at the beginning of the year so you know when the sunset is so you can gather your family and, and worship, but then not only welcome the Sabbath Friday evening, but then on Sabbath evening, she also says to close the Sabbath and welcome in the new week. Now, growing up, we didn't do this too much, close the Sabbath um, as a family, and the reason for that, can anyone guess, is because we spent all Sabbath day at church. Sabbath was at church all day long, and so we close the Sabbath at church, not at home with our family. So now if we were at home, we would, but we were rarely at home on the Sabbath day. We were at church all day long. Does any, can, anyone, can anyone give a witness here of that? Now I know times have changed. We've tried to do uh, Sabbath activities here at our church and, you know, nobody shows up, you know, and that's just what it is. I understand times change and, and these kinds of things, but I think there's still something special about closing the Sabbath. Notice what she says, as the sun goes down at the close of the Sabbath, Let the voice of prayer and the hymn of praise mark the close of the sacred hours and invite God's presence through the cares of the week of labor. And so it's just one thing that you can do to make the Sabbath 
special. Now, here's my slide entitled, Ellen White Says. And uh, this comes from the reading that I shared with you. And uh, again, the reading comes from Selected Messages, Volume 3, Chapter 29, The Sabbath Guiding Principles on Sabbath Observance. The reading also comes from Testimonies to the Church, Volume 6, Chapter 44, entitled The Observance of the Sabbath. And then from Councils for the Church, Chapter 47, the observance of God's holy Sabbath. All these, all these, uh, these three readings, you can find them online. Uh, her writings are online. You can do that if you don't have the books, and I encourage you to do that. And so this slide here where, that is entitled, Ellen White Says, it's just kind of a summary of the different things that she says about Sabbath. So first of all, Ellen White talks about attending school on Sabbath, and you know what she says about that? All right, well, I'm going to encourage you to do your reading on that one. Ellen White also talks about playing ball on the Sabbath. And you know what she says about playing ball on the Sabbath? All right, I'm going to encourage you to do your reading and find out for yourself. Ellen White also says, uh, talks about swimming on Sabbath. And you know what she says about that? Well, again, I'm going to encourage you to do your reading and find out for yourself. Ellen White will also talk about sleeping on the Sabbath. And I'm just going to give you a little bit about what she says about that, right? She says that we should not exhaust ourselves so much during the week that when the Sabbath comes, even though it is a day for rest, right? Even though Sabbath is a day for rest, we shouldn't be so exhausted that when the Sabbath comes, we just sleep the entire day away. We're just exhausted and we just crash on the Sabbath day, right? All right. Now, on the other hand, it's not like sleeping is a bad thing because in Selected Messages, Volume 3, there's this, there's this list of activities that she would do on the Sabbath, different activities. And on one of those journal entries, she writes, it was a Sabbath day and after church, we took a nap. So it's, it's, not, it's not a bad thing to take a nap. The idea is just sleeping the entire day away, right? If you need to catch a little bit, it's a day of rest. If you need to take a little nap, do so. I sometimes like to take naps. At the same time, I don't like naps because if I take a nap, then that means I won't fall asleep at night and then I'm tired the following day and all these kinds of things, right? So, but do what you need to do. You know, you, I, th- I think you know what you guys need to do regarding that. Now, she also says that, that church isn't the place to sleep. She says, don't come to church to fall asleep. If you want to fall asleep, she says, stay at home. <laughs> I think that's so funny. Anyways, anyway, she also talks about traveling on the Sabbath. Again, if you want to know what she says about traveling on the Sabbath, uh, read, the, um, read those uh, three chapters, the reading. She also sp- speaks about eating on the Sabbath. And I think this is really practical, what she says about eating on the Sabbath. She says that, you know, cooking... Uh, can be a stressful experience, especially when you're cooking for, you know, family or if you have people that you're going to invite over. It's a stressful thing. So because it's a stressful thing, because it takes time, because it takes effort and all these kinds of things, instead of having that stress and all those things to do on the Sabbath, shift that stress and all those things, shift it to do it on Friday. So it's done on Friday. And then when Sabbath comes, what you can do is simply uh, just reheat the food and, and eat the food that way without all the stress of having to prepare it and all those kinds of things. But she also says that the food should be fairly simple. So she says don't go overboard either on, on having, you know, like a, a five-course uh, meal on the Sabbath. You know, just something simple but yet um, tasty. She also says to have something special to eat on the Sabbath day, something special, something you don't eat every other day. And so someone was sharing with me that in their family, what they decided to do was on Friday nights, how they would make Sabbath special is that every Friday night, as they were welcoming the Sabbath, they would do taco night. And, 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 and that's just, and they all sat together at the table and they ate their tacos 
and they just welcome the Sabbath together as a family. The idea being that we're not always able to sit down together as a family because of schedules, because of how busy we are today. But for them on Friday evening, that was their family meal time when they were all come together, sit down and eat tacos. And even the children remember that to this day. And, and they would say that, um, you know, with friends would invite them to do something that afternoon or that evening, they would tell their friends, no, because tonight is my family taco night dinner. And uh, that's how, one of the ways that they made Sabbath special. And then Sabbath morning, what they would do is that every Sabbath morning, the wife would bake cinnamon rolls Sabbath morning. Isn't that, isn't that wonderful? Isn't that amazing? You know, and I was, I was telling my wife that, and I said, babe, I think I married the wrong woman here because, you know, maybe, maybe I get to eat cinnamon rolls once every couple of years, you know? But imagine that cinnamon rolls every single Sabbath morning. It's just something special, right? So, something, something making Sabbath special. All right, so Ellen White talks about that. I encourage you to read up about that in your reading. She also talks about clothes. She says that we should have special Sabbath attire. Ellen White also will talk about laxness on the Sabbath and, and this attitude of saying, well, it's not a big deal. You know, God doesn't, it's, it's not a big deal. It's, it's okay, you know, it's not. Why, why are you so strict about these things? Um, it's interesting. She, she, uh, she'll talk about that and um, dialogue about that, but I encourage you to find that, what she says about all that in your reading. It's very fascinating reading. I encourage you to do it all, uh, to do all the reading, three, three chapters. But at the conclusion of all this, if we can just, our one takeaway can be asking ourselves the question, how can we make Sabbath special? How can we make Sabbath a time where we can do those things that connect us to the heart of God and to one another? Make the commitment today that from all the things about things that you can do and all this thing on the, about making Sabbath special, if you could just make that one commitment that as a family, uh, either by yourself, with your spouse, with your children, if you can just make the commitment to take time Friday evenings to welcome the Sabbath and then take time Sabbath evenings to close the Sabbath, to sing, to pray, to read the Bible, to, to just worship God together as a family. If you could just do that one thing I think it would be a, an incredible blessing for you. Again, what can we do to make Sabbath special? How can we make Sabbath a time where we can do those things that connect us to the heart of God and to one another? This podcast is brought to you by the Jacksonville First Seventh-day Adventist Church. Connect with us on www.jaxsda.org or on Facebook and YouTube. We look forward to sharing more inspiring messages with you.